I got a really cool thing you could do. Pick three guys, and you send. You're holding up four and, fingers. And it. <laughs> Please put that as the Oh intro. my god! <laughs> What's going on in my mind right now? Holy crap! Three fingers. <laughs> pick three guys. Pick uh. Three guys. Take my strong hand. <laughs> Welcome to No Putts Given, episode 19. The date is Friday, October 11th, 2019. My name is Sam Robinson. I am the director of the MyGolfSpy LabX testing facility. I'm here with my colleagues, our fearless leader, Adam Beach, owner of MyGolfSpy, and my comrade from the testing facility, Harry Nodwell. He's our director of soft goods testing. Today, we are talking about wet wedges. Harry's got a good deep tip for us, and then we're finally getting Adam out on the golf course tomorrow for a fun tournament. So that's about it for today. It's going to be a short one, but let's get it. No Putts Given is powered by My Golf Spy, the most extensive reviews in golf. Before you buy, My Golf Spy. Nine million readers do it every year. Check us out. All right, today let's start with what might be one of the most important yet unknown features of a wedge that we discovered in the test facility, thanks to our own Harry Nodwell. Uh, we've discovered some very interesting things doing labs at My Golf Spy, you know, line versus no line, the golf ball, uh, all kinds of different discoveries that we've found. And today, uh, we're going to tell you about one that impacts almost if not every golfer on every shot. If you play golf a on a golf course with golf clubs and a ball, this affects you. Yeah. So question for you, Harry. Mm-hmm. You ready? No. It's a deep thought right here. Would you rather have a three-foot putt or a 13-foot putt? That's a tough one. Is it? I like to I like to ball out. I like to go you, 13 foot. You like 13? Just, <laughs> I like a, a three-foot putt. stupid question. Three-foot, obviously. <laughs> exactly. So, Clown question, bro. The reason we asked that is because what we found in the test facility, we're publishing 2019 Most Wanted Wedge Test Results. Next week. Next week. Monday, for sure, it's not going out, but it is going out next week. And you're not going to want to miss this one because what will be included in that test, I think is the first time in the industry. It's a f- industry first, I think, right? Yeah, it's largest head-to-head wet and dry comparison wedge test that i think's ever been done yeah. you know we've heard about it we know that some companies put things on their clubs or do things to their clubs to improve what we found but it's not marketed really well it's not explained to the consumer really well and i also don't think the average golfer has any clue about how much impact there is from wet versus dry so and i don't even think it's just the average golfer i think it's average to elite golfers. I want to know if the PGA pros know this too. I mean, DeChambeau probably does know that. Well, maybe they're relying on their caddy or however they go about it, but they've got it. I mean, those guys are, those guys are on a different echelon. So you're telling me that Dustin Johnson is going to know this shit. Uh, I don't know. What Dustin <laughs> I don't know. Johnson Does he know? Knows, Does he play golf? Um, <laughs> no, but his caddy might and just his give him the might, right number yeah. instead. Well, that's so. What we're getting at here is this: what we found is alarming, shocking, crazy, whatever word you want to put on it. Let's just put this into some context really quickly for everyone out there listening. What we found was up to a forty-one percent difference in wedge spin. When you go from the exact same wedge being dry 
to in wet conditions. And that's insane. So that's the difference between 2000 some, right? 2,843, 2,843 and 7,014 on a 60 yard. Let's put that into context real quick. 2,843 is what a lot of people spend their driver at. I spend my driver more than that. So, and we want to get that down, but mid to 2000s is driver spin rate. Yeah. So the average golfer thinks wedge spin, spin the ball back. That takes around 10,000 RPM to yep. do that, right? Yep. So when you're talking 2,800 spin, I don't think the average golfer would want their wedge to spin 2,800. And why? Because what you want is, especially for pros, when you're talking about Dustin Johnson and DeChambeau, they want predictability versus unpredictability. And what we found was largely unpredictability in our tests, meaning the majority of the wedges in, on, in the industry sold to every golfer in the world does not do a good job of predictable results in all the conditions you're going to face when you go play golf. The top brands that you're going to the store and buying and you're watching the guys on tour playing may not be producing the kind of performance that you need on the golf course. Yeah, so let's just go through that really quickly and talk about some of the brands that did well and some of them that did not do well. And the full results with all the data is going to come next week, but we just wanted to highlight this on the podcast because it is such an faux show. Yeah, so I can't do that. Sorry, (laughs) you're not a A white Englishman. Can't do that. (laughs) Faux show. (laughs) So right when Harry kind of came up with this new protocol for wedge testing, um, he sent some early data, and it was shocking. Then, Um, small data set, but it made us actually stop our wedge tests scrap all the results and start the test completely. And that was with two good wedges that we know to we've known to be good too. Well and and back up a little bit. I mean our first testing protocol we were we we did what we did in the ball test. We just sprayed the ball. Correct. And when we did the ball test What we've been told by leaders in the industry. Right. And we definitely consult with with major manufacturers, guys that are a lot smarter on this kind of stuff than we are. Um but they they advise us to do and it worked fine with the ball test. I mean it, it worked so well that we were having issues getting the track man to track the ball because it was flying so high with such little spin. Um, but then when I was actually in France and Harry completed this test, I opened my email up. He goes, yeah, I went ahead and tried it at a few different scenarios where you wet the turf, wet the face and you wet the ball. And then you altered some. Yeah. I, I'm, I pretty much did every variable. You yeah. Can, you and can if you've of. listened to any of these episodes, we've kind of touched on that. Right. Mm-hmm. But for those that have not listened Basically, the way wet testing is done in general from anyone that's ever done it is just spraying the ball, correct? Right, because it's it's usually on a robot on a tee. And correct. And I think Ping has a device that actually sprays upwards, right? It missed the back, kind of up the back side of the ball, which is the way it should be done. But when on a robot, you're not taking in consideration the turf, the club, and all that stuff, which that's what you hit. A, right, and right? well, and... and I hate to keep going back to ping, but these guys are really, they take it to the next level. They will tape blades of grass to a piece of tape and then put it on the ball and then test when the ball, when there's grass in between the ball Mm -hmm. and the face. And whenever you're on the golf course, this is something that I didn't know. It doesn't matter how dry it is outside. And I would assume that in some more desert conditions, it's more dry than other places. But if there's moisture in the air, there's going to be moisture on the ground. So there's moisture that's coming into contact with the face of the club when you're hitting a golf ball if you're on turf. So just to capture the essence of that, in my opinion, and that is 
for every golfer listening, every you're going to want to pay attention because what we found is happening on every golf shot that you hit with your wedges, right? So here's what we found. Uh, a difference of up to 41% from dry to wet conditions. Launch angle of up to what, five or six degrees higher? Uh, I have launch changes of nine degrees. Nine degrees higher and from wet to dry conditions. Yep. So dry... Uh, then wet, wet launching up to nine degrees higher just by being wet. And we should probably tell them we tested at 60 yards for both yeah. of these, for Correct. both wet and dry conditions. So let's go over the good and the bad and the ugly, right? So the good, uh, ping. Um, what's amazing is that the ping glide 3.0 and the ping glide 3.0 I2 wedges were first and second in the spin delta rank, which means how much difference there was from wet to, to dry, right? Yeah, they had the they had the smallest change in spin rate from wet to dry conditions, or dry to wet conditions, I should say. And they also had the number one ranked difference, the least amount of difference in launch difference mm-hmm. in wet to dry conditions. So think about it. If you buy the Ping Glide 3.0 or i2 3.0 uh, Ping wedges, you can expect to have almost the same spin and launch, whether it's wet dry or anything like that in between for the most part because we tested all the different variables of wetness and they have this really cool coating they call it a hydrophobic coating so when when you're in swing it helps disperse some of that water out of the grooves and that's what yeah think of a tire track and it just basically goes up and through and the cool thing is they're not the only guys doing it either yes so good point so another company that did well in this is mizuno um their wedges finished fourth in spin and fourth in launch del- delta. With uh, and the reason that they finished well is probably because of what Sam? They have hydro. What did we hydro call flow hydro microgrooves. flow micro grooves. So cool they in, instead of, of adding a <clears throat> excuse me a coating, they decided to they said more grooves are better. So they have you you know traditional milled grooves and then you have the spin mill and then they have these vertical micro grooves that they've put on the face that are supposed to help control the flow of water and it seems to be working because for all intents and purposes you know you hear a lot of marketing claims by companies and fancy schmancy words like hydrophobicity and all these you know slots and all the stuff that golf companies come up with um and you never know which ones are working and which ones aren't but right. i can tell you this the ping definitively works the mizuno works and a company, a couple companies that did well that might surprise you, um, are Honma and Wilson FG Tour. So Honma, kind of a newcomer back on the scene, did really well. Uh, Wilson did really well, finished third in spin and first in launch delta difference, or tied for first. Um, and why do you think that is, Sam? I, what we looked at was it's a it's a raw finish wedge. So you're thinking that raw wedge helped in your opinion. You said even during the test as it was starting to become more of a uh, raw finish or sorry, rusted finish, you were seeing improved spin. Is that correct? Didn't you say that, Harry? Yes. So Chris Vishal from Mizuno actually tweeted out something really good the other day. And it's not because there's any type of crazy milling. It's because the raw finish has an absence of a coating. So when you coat a wedge with something, the grooves end up actually become less sharp. Become dull on the edges. And, And other manufacturing companies have attempted to figure out ways to preserve the sharpness of the grooves. So like Cleveland does something really cool in their manufacturing process. When they're milling the the initial grooves, they once they mill the grooves, they fill it with something, 
and then until they're done being sandblasted, then they pull that. Yeah, so it actually has the deeper grooves. Right, so, so when you look at a spin. Cleveland wedge and you look inside the grooves, the, the grooves are actually shiny rather than have a, sa- a satin sandblaster yeah, finish. We, not to get too far off topic, but we ran into this. I don't know if it was before you started working at My Gospel or not, but Renegar wedges, I don't know if anybody remembers mm-hmm. those or not. Awesome grind in the sole. They sent us wedges to do some preliminary like uh, prototype testing. Yeah. And we were sending them the numbers back, and they were dumbfounded. I mean, their wedges were spending like 4,000, you know, full swings, right? And they said, this can't be, this can't be. And what, you know, you get a, uh, you know, you look really closely at the grooves and you could tell that when they put that finish on, it just took the groove away, you know? So um, there's, at the end of the day, you want a wedge to perform the same on every shot you hit and you want it to be predictable. And what was kind of interesting is there's, it's, it's not about price, meaning it's not the most expensive wedges that do it the best. It's not the coolest brands that do it the best. It's really the ones that tend to have paid attention and focus on right. this, right? Mizuno put some put some real you know money where their mouth was, where this was. Mm-hmm. Ping did. Uh, Cobra has talked about with us for years. I mean, and Cobra, Cobra's done pretty good in them. I mean, they've five, seven, and nine. All three of Cobra's wedges, the they, Cobra, King, Mem, the One, and the King, all performed in the top third of the test yeah, for the and, most part. But I think they have two different milling patterns on those wedge like i think the mim has a different one than the the 10 versatile right i believe a little bit it looks like it was slightly different um but again it still does pretty good when it comes to the wet portion of the test well and and back to the whole fg tour being the raw finish raw finish is nothing new when it comes to wedges i mean you can look back to Voki when he was doing oil can finishes and those types of things but i think with the rise of technology and now we have the ability to track spin rates in different mm-hmm. conditions you can really see the differences that are having a raw finish here's what i don't can. like about raw finishes versus hydrophobicity or something else right hydrophobicity is going to give me a consistent once again predictable result right a raw wedge is going to start spinning more over time. time yeah that's not predictable right you know? i want predictability and you don't need to do it with raw anymore while some people think that looks cool i think it looks like shit i don't want a wedge that looks trash cool. you know that that's a subjective thing <laughs> yeah, right for sure but why even need you don't need it anymore yeah. um, when ultimately you want predictability? Well, right. Another cool little tidbit that I found out is just what did, in, you, did you find? Just a little tidbit <laughs> uh, in the dry portion itself. Um, there was a spin rate difference of one thousand and twenty nine revs when it comes to non milled face and a milled face. Are you saying that milled faces spin the ball on average a thousand more? Yes. Well, that's from the highest spin, spinning one to the one with no um, milled face on 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 it. And so, give me two examples of a wedge that didn't have it and a wedge that did that you saw a, a big difference. So, Mura didn't have uh, a milled face, and on average, it span six thousand six hundred and forty-six. Uh, so that was one of the lowest versus um, one of the best, which was which was the seven thousand four hundred and fifty-four. And that was actually Tomiyama over and out. All right, so is a milled face, yeah. Not only does did we find wet dry differences, we also found some other little interesting differences. Like you know, obviously wedges have grooves, but there's also different milling patterns that yeah. they use on wedges, and it makes a difference. And especially on the different distances that you're going to be hitting, For sure, that engage different layers of the wedge face. Yeah. Um, but 
before we get into that too much, let's get back to the good and the bad, right? So the good, like we said, Ping, Mizuno, Cobra, Wilson. The bad, Callaway PM grind, tailor-made milled grind, high toe, Tommy Armour. Both of the Tommy Armors didn't do really Bettinardi and Miura. And I would say, here's what I'm thinking. It's big versus small sometimes. And what I mean by that is these smaller companies, Bettinardi, you know, not known for making wedges, Miura, which is, you know, um, a more high-end type company that doesn't really focus on tech as much as some of the other companies. Looks and feel seems to be their game. Yeah, Tommy Armour. Um, some of these companies that are maybe going over to a foundry, not with their own tech and kind of just saying, hey, we need to get into the wedge game. Right. What can we do? Uh, they come up with a wedge. I don't think they've spent decades evolving a wedge design like ping. They don't have a testing program dedicated to figuring out how they can maintain spin rate in wet conditions. And you need to do that to get those percentage yeah. better at stuff like this that exactly. no one would have given a shit about before. Mm-hmm. And if, if companies like my golf spy doesn't test these things. What happens is this ping Mizunos in the world develop this technology and they don't even really market it or tell anybody because I don't think the, they think the consumer cares. Right. Yeah. And I think this testing, what I think is going to happen from this is two things, two, three years from now. I think every company, the Tommy armors, the Mioras, everyone is now going to go to their wedge foundry and go, Hey, We've got to get some hydrophobic something on this wedge, yeah, right? I mean, that's the goal, right? Is and to... they might they might actually be doing that now behind the scenes, and we just know, don't know about it. Uh, but I doubt it. Yeah, I would put money on yeah. that right now. You know, I mean, until they see a result. What happened in the ball industry before we came out with our ball test? They knew about it. Yeah, and they didn't change it. Because the consumer right. didn't know about it. That's <laughs> the whole point of what I'm trying to say. Like right. the consumer, once they learn it and you put the power to the player, you know, yeah. then they start pushing the fact manufacturers to to step up and make a better yeah. product. I think I think one of the coolest takeaways from this test in general is just the the general knowledge that your performance changes so much when you introduce more than one variable, and in this case it's water. But for people to like I, I I've said this before. I used to go out in the mornings and wonder, oh man, my ball's flying a little higher. It feels like it's kind of hotter off the face. No, it's just launching higher with lower spin. And I didn't know that that, that the moisture in between my club and the ball was what so was, that, was causing So that's another that. great point. Back to the ball test we did. No one ever blamed themselves on a shot that went 20 yards left mm-hmm. on the ball before. You know, they're, you're, they're usually like, oh, that was my swing, right? Yeah. Out to in and out. You know, I didn't do this. I didn't do that. And now we found that balls can be part of that. Now we found that Sam Robinson, a really good golfer, Harry Nodwell, a really good golfer, goes up to hit a 100-yard shot, executes that shot perfectly, right? Yeah. Comes up to the green and goes, man, that was my 100-yard shot. I hit it perfect. I hit it on the face where I wanted to. It should be one foot away from the hole. And you get up there, and it's 11 feet away, and you're going... Man, it must have hit. It must have hit a hard part yeah, of, must, of the green. Exactly, oh, shit, sprinkler. Head. Green didn't hold it today. Greens aren't holding today, or whatever. You know, yeah. their golfers are going. Maybe the wind up there above the trees is different. You know, and that is a huge difference. There's so many variables in golf. Part of my golf spy's job is to limit these down to where you can go out there and play your best golf without having to worry about all this stuff, right? Yeah. So finding a ball that's more consistent, right? Finding a wedge that's more consistent. All these things, when you say don't matter, 
I can tell you this. If you have 13-foot putts all day versus three-foot putts all day, your score is going to be higher. Right. Sure. I mean, st- that's what the the statistics say. Well, it's proven. If you can if you can prove that wrong, then damn, you're a really good putter. Yeah, I'm sure they, there will be people on. Kevin, no. I'm sure there yeah, will be seriously. people on Instagram that are going to love to argue with us about this. But you know, facts just well, are and, really hard for Instagram to and really think grasp. About it. Harry and I are elite golfers, and thinking wow. back to was, to when yeah, I included you in that. I include that in. We in, wait for you know, tomorrow. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, what I'm saying is, I used to work at a club and. You know, you go to clean the members' clubs when he brings his bag, and every damn club is filled with dirt in the grooves. Yeah, I, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm guilty of that too, and that's just me being me being lazy. And I'll get up to it. Granted, I'll, they'll be um, dirty before I hit the shot, and then as soon as I about to hit the shot, I clean them. But it's not because you you know that it affects your performance, and then you're lazy. It's that you don't know it affects your performance, True. and you just happen to be lazy just because you're lazy. Yeah, yeah. So valid point. I would like to know. From the cart barn guys, you know, um, Kyle Mays. Yeah, Kyle, where oh, you that at? would be interesting. Kyle, you let me know. Today, you've seen a lot of dirty ass clubs, right? There, I mean, just Matt will throw up a really good picture, I'm sure, of my <laughs> clubs that look terrible. <laughs> but I want to know what clubs start to look like a year from now, five years from now, because golfers, all I can tell you is this. What we found is every layer of stuff that you add to that face of that club is going to diminish your ability to predict the final result of that mm-hmm. shot. And what that means is water, gravel, dirt, you know, old wedge grooves. And and you and you can't come in here and say, "Oh, I'm not good enough to predict what's going to happen." Like, yeah, it doesn't matter what your handicap is. I'm sure you know in a general area how far you hit your 8 iron. And as soon as you start introducing things like water and dirt and all that shit, that then I mean, even if you have if your window is this big, it just got this much bigger. Yeah. So public service announcement: all you have to do is make sure of two things: that your grooves, your face of your wedge is clean, your grooves are clean, and that it's dry. Dry. Clean and dry. And if you get clean and dry, you will get at least a predictable result. And you might be a shitty golfer, but you're going to be less shitty of a golfer exactly. by cleaning and drying your wedges. Yeah, you're just doing a disservice to yourself if you don't you know, take extra care. And I've been telling people ever since we've, we've done the ball test and I'm, I'm doing it too. If I play in the morning, I have a towel on me wherever I am. I'm trying start, to stay dry. I've done that. I've started to around the greens chipping. I've mm-hmm. started to bring a towel and on the greens. Um, it may add because. 10 seconds to your, to your play clock there, but. So tomorrow when we play in this tournament, if we leave the flag stick in, okay. Keep our wedges dry, keep our wedges dry and clean. And play the same ball. We might break eight. We might. I might break eight. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, hey. I mean, you have a better chance of breaking eighty than you did before if you if do I all those things. Tomorrow, but, oh my god, god, I am not dude. turning pro if you beat me. <laughs> Wait. Yeah. Can we bet on it? I'll bet on it. Hey, you still owe me for me kicking your ass. Yeah. Somebody. Tournament. Somebody said. Uh, somebody said yesterday they came in like so how the how the little match with you and harry with the infomercial clubs go i was like that's what you gotta do you gotta play with infomercial clubs tomorrow (laughs) tomorrow that is the round (laughs) i'll play with the infomercial clubs tomorrow do we have the f2 still dude i got them all right there yeah let me talk about um so everyone loves a vokey wedge right everyone loves i don't but most people do everyone loves a scotty cameron and a vokey wedge it finished pretty much right in the middle. Where was it? Oh, but that's what we find in everything and, and, that and, we do with 
with their with wedges big, and putters. With big names and stuff that people tend to love because of the name, it finishes, you know, in the but middle. But the thing about it is, like, if you want to spin a Vokey wedge, if you want to spin the shit out of a wedge in the middle of a fairway, a Vokey is good for you. But if you're looking to... Yeah, but I'm not in the middle of the fairway all the time. With I just tweeted that you hit the middle of the fairway all the time. <laughs> I but, do because I, last time I played, I hit it the last nine times in a row. We're going to get you on that flat setting on the Ping G410. You're going to be straight. How True. many grinds do Titus have? A lot. Six, seven, eight, yeah. whatever it is. But they also build their their equipment around being fit. So, Which is smart. Yeah. Yeah. And I have no doubt about the the performance of their wedges, but what I'm getting at is... There's their wedges spin really well in ideal conditions, but then when you start adding variables, almost every wedge, even a wedge without grooves, spins ideal. A, a wedge without conditions. grooves in dry conditions spins more than a wedge with grooves That's in true. dry conditions. So shout out ping. What I would say is in all of our hard goods testings over the years, Titleist irons, Fairway Woods hybrids, for the most part, there have been exceptions. They have finished middle of the pack. I'm not trying to throw shade. It's just no. That's facts. Numbers don't that's, lie. That's data. Though. Numbers don't lie. Hey. But really? it is this. It was an eye opener again for me. I mean, one firstly, the ball <clears throat> test was an eye opener. Yeah. And I started think, thinking, shit. Well, what am I going to play? Well, you know what's an eye opener is this: the fact that I don't think when people think I want to buy a wedge, and I want it, I'm a, I'm really going to buy the best. I don't think either Ping nor Mizuno come into most people's heads. And the last few years, they have won our test. And we really didn't know why. I mean, we collect yeah, all the data. Yeah, Glide 2 last year and T, T7 the year before that. Yeah, and we knew why in regards to forgiveness and accuracy and all yeah. that stuff. But part of the reason probably now we know why is because they are the most predictable shot after shot. And when you hit 10,000 wedge shots, those Thir- are going to be the ones year, that... So. 13,000. And we... And and what, two years ago, but I think before I came to my goal spy, you said that more spin doesn't make a good wedge. Right. Oh. But... In a wet scenario, no, it the helps. same amount of spin every goddamn time I hit it is what matters. Correct, yes. not more. Right, right. That's just want to clear that one up. Yeah, yeah, like if you're if your wedge, a wedge like the Tommy Armor over and out that spun really well in dry conditions drops down to as low as it is in wet, wet conditions, that's when you have problems. Yeah, I mean, think about that, right? The over and out spun the highest, I think, dry, right? Yeah, and the least in well, wet. Let's, uh, let's, let's, almost. Let's flesh that out a little bit. I mean. If you look at their face, they have very close groove, grooving yep. pattern. Now, why why do they do that to get more spin? To on the on yeah, we general? were talking about this on the way over yeah, here. Are, are thinner grooves, or, or I'm sorry, is the the distance spacing. between from yeah the groove spacing? If you put them closer together, and you can add more grooves. Does that equate to more spin? Maybe in dry conditions, but it obviously didn't in wet. Right. That's exactly what I was thinking. Like we were we were debating in the car on the way over and. Everybody has a different philosophy, right? But I really don't think it has as much to do. I think it's multifaceted now, right? That this is wedge design was always pretty traditional looking. Every wedge looks somewhat similar, you know, Um, a groove. And that was it. And then now you're getting all these different patterns of milling on the face. Different companies are trying things. You're getting materials put on them like hydrophobicity. You're getting all kinds of new things, an extra groove, um, groove roundness on the shoulders yeah. have changed. And the USGA is changing rules all the time. Yeah. Um, and, so and the manufacturing companies are having to figure out ways to get around that. It's a cops and robbers game for sure. Yeah. And I think ultimately what came of this, which was pretty cool, when the groove rule came out, none of this tech was around. Right. 
And they didn't need it. It forced the companies to produce technology in a club that, for yeah, all another purposes, the box a little bit didn't have in much it, tech yeah. in it. You know. Well, so here's the thing that I think I'm going to be doing because I think you're correct when it comes to in two to three years you're going to see, you know, eighty five percent of these companies have some kind of um, hydrophobicity. Yes. Or something. Uh, so I think from right now I'm going to be getting a ping or Mizuno or even a Wilson that eliminates a variable for me when dry and wet conditions. And then I might not be my favorite wedge because I love my Cleveland RTX fours, love them. But if I'm, if I'm not spinning it 2000 plus more spin in wet conditions to dry, I kind of want that consistency. So I might just, you know, um, sacrifice a little bit more feel for more consistent. Yeah, buying advice. Listen, if you want to hit a wedge shot 100 yards and have a certain amount of spin that you know it stops at 100 mm-hmm. yards, which equals whatever to you, 7,000, 8,000, whatever it is, you're going to want that every shot, right? Yeah. So buy a wedge that gives you the best chance to be able to do that. Yeah, so I guess for the for the listeners out there then, you know, if I'm going if I'm a listener and I'm going to go buy my next set of wedges and I'm I may even do a fitting. How is there a way that I can incorporate the wet wedge portion or should we just should we say you know wait till next week for our results to come out and then you can kind of get an idea I mean, of what I don't does think well here's the way i say it about you know people say this about true golf fit right they're like well how can true golf fit be better than a real fitting no different than why i'm going to tell you why you should probably just use our data for wet versus dry because if you went in for a wet wedge test with your wedge and you weren't going to get fit mm-hmm. you're going to be able to swing 20 different wedges today enough times to know which ones did well for you that's right. the role of my gospel right like first of all we know there's a diminishing returns after a certain amount of swings by a human right right so there's no way you're going to be able to hit all the wedges in the market and find out which one performed best for you wet and dry oh by the way how are you going to produce in a golf shop the spraying on the ball and the spraying on the mat they're not gonna let you do that you know right. so that's why this is such a powerful data set that's going to publish next week is because it's the only time it's been done. It's hard to get. It's it's hard for the average golfer to complete. And it's all head to head. That's the power. Like that's why we don't do individual reviews anymore because there's just no value in it. Right. You need to do it all head to head so the consumer can see it all at the same time, side by side. So if you're in the game, you know, in the market for a wedge, what I would say, you know, just look at that data set that we're going to sit on your hands for a week. And, uh, you know, wait till next week when the most wanted wedge results come out because I just think no different than the golf ball results. They were shocking. And the takeaway from the golf ball is I'm playing the same damn ball every shot because that eliminates variability and gives me the most predictable thing, right? Wedges, I'm going with Ping or Mizuno most likely yeah. because they offer the most predictable way for me to reach my maximum potential, period. And then give it two or three years, and then you could probably pick and choose your uh, your wedge because yeah, it's I'm all going to be the I'm going to give you the Mioras tomorrow, and I'm rolling with the pings, man. Great, thanks. Hopefully it's dry. <laughs> it's actually been, well, this is the first time I've seen the sun all week. Um, I know, tomorrow's supposed to be nice. Is it? Yep, 72. I, I know it's going to be a little breezy. Easy you know, breezy, baby. You know what they say when it's breezy? What? Swing it easy. Swing it easy. Harry taught me how to hit a knockdown shot when we were in college. Really? Yep. Best lesson I ever got. Hey, how do you think I won the conference championship our senior year? Yeah, that was a windy call. It was windy as hell you? out there. He did beat me though, yeah. 
Yeah, I should, in hindsight, I should have done well, that. That being said, I, uh, did Rick Shields call somebody Has out? he challenged us yet? Did he challenge y'all? I, I mean, look, we're, all I'm saying is, Rick, we're ready. Hey, you know where we live. VA. <laughs> Come on down. <laughs> I just hit 178 ball the other uh, day, yeah. so. You hit what? 178 ball speed. Ooh. I taught him a um, yeah, yeah. long drive. We were, we were messing around in the office the other day, and he goes, dude, you just got to squat and push into it and, like, do this. And then ball speeds went from, like, 172 to, like, 76, like, instantly. I, I hit one. 350 he did the same thing <laughs> goes, we both drove the green he goes i got a he goes i got a second gear now <laughs> i'm sorry, i'm getting ready for jamie sadlowski on the pga show oh man we man. moving it out here dog we eating i'm gonna have to bring that illegal jet speed out tomorrow keep up with oh us. my god please do that chucky's gonna feel so bad being all the way back oh there. man he's gonna be so far back now we're gonna move on to our next section which we want to discuss and that is a deep tip Harry's not well. Harry's deep tips. All right, guys. So right now we are going to do the uh, Harry Nodwell deep tips. And I've got a great one for you today. Are you a hooker? Do you hook the ball? Yes. Do you hook the ball? Yes. Good. If you hook the ball, put your driver settings to a flat settings and that will straighten your shot right out. That's a great tip because I have that problem. Mm -hmm. I play a big draw to a hook off the tee. And when the 410 G series from Ping came out, um, Sam was running me through a fitting in the studio trying to eliminate that shot. And he said, give me the driver, threw him the driver, dropped it in the flat setting. And what happened, Sam? Straighten your hook right out, brother. <laughs> I was hitting fairways for days. Well, and, and that's something that we've struggled with since I've I've known you is that your miss is left going left. And if there's long anything way left. if there's anything we can do and you hit the ball a long way. Yeah. For for the for, for the seasoned man that you are, you can move the ball. It's <laughs> a very good way to put it <laughs> without getting fired. <laughs> Uh, but no, but it, the the cool thing about f- a flat setting is that we know that with irons, if you flat, if you tend to miss it, miss it left, if you flatten the iron out, it typically mitigates some of that face rollover, and it'll help to kind of straighten the ball flight out. And Ping has done something really cool where they've added a flat setting to their hosel sleeve, to where if you if you're most most better players tend to miss it, but regardless of your handicap, if you miss it left, uh, dropping that that hosel sleeve into the flat setting can help. It made it. Instant yeah. change. Well, we, my... we took the CG weight and put it to the fade setting, yep. and then we put you on flat and... Yeah, you got a nice baby draw. Hitting dingers. Yeah, so on this episode of why Ping does it better, um, <laughs> Ping does it again, um, not only with the wedge, with the hydrophobicity, but the flat setting. And, you know, it's another, you know, knob that they've allowed fitters to help golfers, you know, hit more fairways, right? And then they're just not the only one, only company to actually do a flat. I think setting. they're the company doing it the best. I agree. Well, yes. and, and and adjustable hosel sleeves invariably change the lie if you adjust loft. So if if I'm if I have any driver and I have an adjustable hosel sleeve and I drop it down to a lower loft, it's gonna flatten the head out. That's just how the the design of the hosel sleeve and works. open the uh, open the club face exactly. Up. Yeah, but it's nice to have a setting for an average golfer that goes, okay, they understand for the most part since Ping did it with irons with the color code system, flatten upright, right? So, you know, you take PXGs, I think theirs goes flat as well, correct? Mm-hmm. But it doesn't say flat. It doesn't, on. no. So I was trying to find it anywhere and everywhere and I couldn't find it until I went on their site 
and they have like a clock system yeah and it's not even identified as a flat setting it's just blank but yeah. what's interesting about the hosel sleeve from ping is that they give you the ability to drop loft by a degree keep it neutral or add loft by mm-hmm. a degree so let's say i'm i'm a hooker but I need a little more loft, but I need to straighten my ball flight out. I can then add loft, put in the flat setting, and then uh, essentially they're just giving more fitting options to fit a wider array of golfers. Yeah, which is what Ping does really well, right? I mean, they've kind of taken the big OEM kind of status and applied that hometown fitter vibe as and melted the two together as best as you can as a big company as they are you know well something that we struggle with a lot in in the testing facility and harry can attest to it is that we get guys that we need to use adjustable hosel sleeves to try to add loft for instance and anytime you add loft it's going to shut the club face and increase the lie angle so we're getting into a situation where like well do we really want to add loft because that's going to increase his his draw and then you get into an issue where are you know, we want to make sure that we're testing the product properly, but we also have to make sure it's fit. Yeah, what's really, a, I think, a good visual for maybe it works for me is like when we fit people for Most Wanted, right? Um, you know, a lot of people ask, do you fit for Most Wanted in testing? And we do a window fitting, right? Right. And golfers need to kind of try to find their window. Yeah. You know, what your window is, meaning 2400. Optimal launch. launch angle, optimal spin rate. Yeah. What is your window, speed. right? And this flat setting just allows one more knob to allow you to find your window more easily with a with a talented fitter. Yeah. So, great tip today, Harry. Um, I've got a million of them. I know. We can't wait. So, we're going to start doing a few more of those every week. Uh, deep tips with Harry Nodwell and the crew here. And this, we're going to try to keep it as simple as possible and easy as it can be for you to apply it to your game. So, with what he's saying, go out there and experience a ping driver test one demo one wherever your you know local shop is. And if you do tend to hook the ball, ask the fitter to put it on a flat setting and see what kind of difference it makes for you. And we want to just um, mention that it is the new line of G four hundred G four ten. Sorry, yeah. excuse me. Uh, line the G four hundred does not have that setting. Correct. All of their new hosel sleeves, whether it be the hybrid the fairway metal mm-hmm. or the driver feature that eight that new eight one. way adjustability. Yep. So. Yeah, and you know, that driver is going straight in my basket tomorrow. Yeah, we already um, got it's actually right there. You know, I'm gonna come up with some catchphrases, so <laughs> going straight in my basket. <laughs> so tomorrow we're playing in a tournament. What am I, what the hell did I get myself into here? What are we playing in? So the club Williamsburg Club is hosting a one day member guest where the member is allowed to bring up to th- I, I don't know if you can have more, but most guys will bring like one two or three guests chucky your your best friend is notorious for bringing three partners because it gives him the best chance of getting in the shootout (laughs) because essentially i'm on a team with chuck you're on a team with chuck and so is harry and we'll be in different flights and whoever wins the flight will go to the shootout so we won last year right we played we made it to the shootout yeah you did i didn't yeah well i was a member last year at the club so i didn't play with you guys yeah gotcha we lost in the shootout but we're back to i guess avenge it's going to be an interesting day tomorrow with Chucky at the helm. Yes. So Very interesting days when Chucky's there. Well, I, I assume that there's going to be, what did you guys call it, Zima? Oh, yeah. Bringing Zima back for all you old heads out there. I don't know what Zima is, but I'm assuming it's some kind of malt liquor. I remember hearing, um, I think it was on Friends, where they go, all right, and I have six pack of Zima. Yep, Zima. And, and I had no clue until... It was, it was no. released when I was born, the year I was born. <laughs> it's so crazy. <laughs> or no, dis- uh, discontinued the year I was born? I was three years old. So Chucky 
when it first came out was our senior year in high school. And we went to beach week every summer for the, when, you know, right when you're out of school, you go for, to the beach for yeah. a week. And so no, you were drinking alcohol I'm illegally? I'm not talking about me, personally. All right, so people, talking about Chucky. People at the party, there was underage drinking. Okay, okay, okay. So I woke up in the morning and Chucky had Zima in his cereal. That was what he was eating cereal with. Wow. So, what does it taste like? I don't know. I've never had Straight it. Straight ass. That's just that's, terrible. That's appealing to me, but... Um, yeah, why, so why would you even think about doing Chucky that? Chucky was a little wild back in the day. I believe it. He still has is. He tamed down, has he tamed down to, to fireball now? <laughs> I don't know what's going to come out tomorrow. <laughs> fireball in the eye. All I know is that the crown and gingers are going to be flowing. Yes, well, I'm looking definitely. forward to playing golf on a work day, so that's As one am of those I. ones. Yeah, As so am I. It should be good. So... Uh, Harry and I, you want to put a little bet down? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. No work on Monday? Ooh. I, I really can't get out of that. Though. Yeah, you can't. It's a, it's a win-win for me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure out a yeah, bet. Yeah, we'll figure out something. So uh, other than that, Tony is at PXG right now, right? So he gets back tomorrow. and He's uh, coming up with Michael Collins and Pat Perez over there. Yeah, Tony's quite the... Uh, Celebrity. Cowboy. Yeah, he is. The is he an influencer? I don't know. Um, but yeah, so can't really say what they're taking a look at yet. But um, Do they even know? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, they're probably hitting it. I know they're doing um, the new line of clubs, and I think. And Are we talking Gen apparel. 3? There's Gen 3? I don't know. Guess we'll find out. Yeah. Guess we'll find out. Bet. Word. All right, Adam. You got one word to end it? Ha <laughs> <laughs>